Well, we're, uh, we are starting a new series today that I'm really looking forward to, and the ushers are going to collect our offering right now. We appreciate you guys and, and your faithfulness in that. While they're doing that, I want to celebrate a few special people. Last weekend, I had uh, just three, three uh, people who gave their life to Christ and wanted to stop and just kind of celebrate. First, Judy Wilkins. We'll give it up for Judy. First service last week. <laughs> And uh, Mason Wheeler, that was uh, Mason right there, baptized by his mom, Connie. And also wanted to, wanted to give up for Amanda Wagner. So it's just a great weekend for all those people. Really, really great stuff. You know, we, uh, we're talking about, uh, in, in the video, mentioned about the Thanksgiving offering. It's been one of our, it's been a, a tradition for a lot of years around here that on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we would have a you know, a special service, and part of that would include a special offering that would go to a cause. Last year, our, uh, our, our, we had a big goal of, of $10,000, and we wanted to raise the money to uh, work on our student ministry space. You've heard Riley talk about that in the video. Uh, and you guys really uh, were so generous. We were able to raise just shy of $18,000. And with that money, we, we've done a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff, which is why we really want to invite you to come to the open house on November 12th. Uh, our student ministry has grown by 40% since that time, uh, just in the number of students that are, that are in, involved and engaged there, and done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we got a little sneak peek. Here's just, I mean, it really doesn't capture it, but just a couple of little pictures to show you of some of the spaces. We really want you to come and see it. Because they've done a lot of great stuff over there. But God's really been blessing that ministry and our generosity. And uh, this year, we, we felt that, uh, you know, we, we were so blessed to be able to get some work done here for our students. Uh, that We wanted to dedicate all of our Thanksgiving offering this year to bless our community and to bless those in need. And we want to be able to serve people by meeting their needs. And kind of, we, we, you know, I like to take that kind of holistic approach where what can we meet, how can we meet someone's physical needs and also meet their spiritual needs? And you probably, I'm sure, already know that we have a really vibrant Celebrate Recovery ministry. They do a lot of great stuff on Friday nights. And we, don't, we do not consider the people who are involved with Celebrate Recovery just a part of a, an, another ministry. Those people are a part of our church. And if you would ever come on a Friday night and, and meet these people, they would say, this is my church. I come to church on Friday night. And so they're, they're very much a part of, of Fairdale Christian Church. And uh, that's why we, we try to meet those needs physically. It's why we serve a meal every Friday. We provide transportation. We're all, also trying to meet spiritual needs as well by helping people connect with Jesus and, and break the, the bonds of addiction. But we love to reach people in other ways too. Uh, one of those ways is uh, children and families in our community. You know, there's, there's always such a, a great need. And this Christmas, we're going to continue to partner with our local schools. We've got some great, wonderful relationships that uh, we've been able to, uh, they, they provide us with you know, ages and genders, like, you know, a fifth grade boy or a third grade girl uh, of students that are in need this Christmas season, and the last several years, you guys have been taking those Christmas bags. We'll give those out again on, on uh, th the Sunday before Thanksgiving to provide just a couple of Christmas gifts and some basic necessities for kids in our community, which you may not know, that's, you guys have always responded so well to that. It's been a great, a great uh, outreach opportunity for us, but there also are a lot of things that we have to provide in that as well, 
uh, providing for families benevolence needs. We get a lot of requests this time of the year. Uh, and so our goal, we would love to raise $10,000. That would meet the need. If we raise $10,000, that would just meet the need. Now, if we raise above that, uh, we'll be able to do a lot more. But here's what we know, what we've kind of discovered, is if, we, if we're able to raise $10,000, we will literally be able to feed, clothe, and provide Christmas gifts for about 300 families, which is really stretching those dollars a long way. But we can do that, and that's what we've seen in years previous. So you guys stepped up last year big time. If we go above that number, we'll be able to do a lot more. But I'd like to ask you to be praying about that and how we can make a big impact this year for the kingdom and, and doing it all. You know, that's one of the things I love is uh, we partner with uh, our uh, local uh, Ford UAW. We've been providing bicycles for kids. We do uh, the food packing uh, boxes, providing holiday meals, working with our local uh, Shop With a Cop. We've been hosting that. Just a lot of cool things are going to happen. It all, takes, it all takes resources to be able to pull it off well. And uh, so when I ask you to be praying about that, what that's going to look like, and I'm excited to see how God's going to use that stuff this year. We're starting this series called Take God at His Word, and I've got a little confession for you. It's, it is hard for me sometimes, even though I'm, I'm a pastor and this is what I do, it's hard for me sometimes to trust God. Can I just be that honest with you, that real with you? It, it really is. There are moments that it's hard, and especially when it, you know life is confusing or things aren't going the way that I was expecting and maybe maybe you feel that when the the future seems unsteady uh, and and I, I love God and I believe in God but sometimes I, I do I still feel so uneasy sometimes about the future so I want you to know if you ever feel that you're not alone you, it's okay I, I just want to start with this question for you to wrestle with a little bit and is can God be trusted can he be totally trusted in all of the areas in our lives and and of course my answer is absolutely yes he can not a doubt in my mind that he can be trusted but trust can be hard what would it look like in your life what could be different in your life if you trusted God more if you could get to that place where you trusted him with everything not just a few things not just you know, okay, you know, 50% of my life I trust him. What would it look like if you trusted him more? A lot of us have the same problem where we've got these issues, problems in our lives, and, and God's saying to us, I want you to trust me. I want you to believe me, to know that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. But every time we start getting a little bit scared, we, we grab the steering wheel, we try to take control again, and, uh, and it causes, it's this constant tension for us. What could be different if we just, if, if God is who he says he is and he will do what he promises that he will do for you, uh, what would it be, what would it look like if we could learn to trust more? That's the question I want us to dream on a little bit over the next few weeks. But before we do that, let's, let's stop, let's pray and talk to God first. Lord, as we come to you, uh, it's kind of a, the beginning of a of a holiday season. It's the beginning of a, a new series for us. We're looking at your word together, and I pray that you'd help us to go a little bit deeper. I think we all want to, we want to know that we can trust you. We want to trust you, but it's, it, it is hard. And I know, we all know that what, what your word says about different things in our life, and we, we run up against these 
problems that we get, uh, we get a little bit fearful. And I pray that you might help us to feel your presence and that your, your spirit would just calm some of those apprehensions that we have. Help us to begin to trust that we can walk by faith, not by sight. That even when things don't make sense and not adding up, that it's because it seems like our world may be falling apart, perhaps the pieces are just falling into place. Help us to, to maintain that outlook and increase our faith. And I ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at it together in Luke chapter 5. I love this. Love this part of the New Testament. If you're following along on your phone or your Bible, uh, but it'll be on the screen too. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says that one day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. And he noticed that there were two empty boats at the water's edge because the fishermen had left them. And they were washing their nets. In other words, just pause there for a second. These empty boats, these guys, they're done for the day. You know, it wasn't like they just had little, you know, small little nets. Uh, I can remember going out and, you know, having the net. We, we would have the kind where you'd hold one of the weights in your teeth and kind of try to throw it out so it would kind of spread out and fall. These were massive, massive nets. They were huge that they would use to collect as many fish as possible and at the end of the day they you know full of seaweed and whatever else that they might have stuck in them and they had to wash them out to clean them and get ready for the for the next time right but that's that's the story the boats are empty because the guys are done they're washing out the nets and it says in verse three stepping into one of the boats jesus asked simon who you you may know him uh, by the name peter but this is before his name was changed to peter his name was simon but he was the owner of the boat he said, would you, would you push this boat out into the water? And so Jesus sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Because there's so many people. And they're pushing up on him. So he just he, he got into the boat to get a little bit further out so that he could continue to teach. There's just, he's getting a huge following of people. You've got to understand, it's like this mega church just kind of erupted overnight. Thousands of people were coming to hear Jesus' teaching. And so we get that, okay, he's, he's in the middle, of this, all these people are here, but the one thing you might miss is the other characters here. It, it really is the fishermen, the, the empty boats, they're washing out the nets. These guys, had, they had come to the end of a long and very frustrating day because their career is built entirely around catching fish. If you don't catch fish, you don't, you don't have any money, you don't have anything to sell, you don't have anything to eat. You know, they go out every day, they put down those nets, it's an enormously difficult job, and they hope to catch a, you know, a big bunch of fish that they can sell, and that's how they, they make a living. It's a risky job, a lot can go wrong, there's no guarantees. I mean, if any of you, uh, if you've ever worked, some of you may work a job that's primarily commission-based, you understand that kind of stress. You understand that, man, I've got to... I've got to hope that things go well. I need things to go a certain way. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult for me. And that's these guys, they, they, there's a lot that has to work for them to be able to, to have a product and make money. There's no guarantee that you will. You just never know. So they've had a long day, haven't had any luck. They're frustrated. They could have just stayed home that day. You ever had one of those days at work where you... you you, you worked all day, or maybe all week, or maybe, you, you know, for a long time, and then it's, like, it's almost like maybe a technology has changed or, you know, something else, and it's like I, all, everything I did was wasted. 
Every single, I could have stayed home and no one would have missed it at all. I mean, how, how, in, how frustrating that is. And here's what happens in verse 4. It says that when Jesus had finished speaking, because remember, he's out in Simon Peter's boat. And then he said to Simon, now, would you go out? He said, I want you to get back, get back in the boat. Go grab your nets again. And go out where the water is deeper and let the nets down to catch some fish. Now, what, what Peter's getting ready to say to Jesus after this, I think he's trying to be polite. Because I imagine in this scenario, he's the fisherman. You know, Jesus, I fish for a living. Let me fish. You're a rabbi. You rabbi and I'll fish. How about that? You, I, I know what I'm doing. It's, and, and who knows? I mean, this is, for a lot of fishermen, it was a generational thing. It wasn't that they just decided one day, oh, I think I'll go fish. It was passed on from their father to their father to their father. And so he's like, you know, I know what I'm doing. And, and we have luck some days. Some days we don't. And we've come to this day. And now you're going to tell me to go out and try again. I've just washed the nets. I'm ready to go home, ready to put my feet up. And, you know, and that's, that's it, right? This feels really stupid. How many of you know that oftentimes God asks you to do something, it doesn't make sense, and it feels really stupid? So often, when God is inviting you and me to put our trust in Him, it really doesn't make sense. And you might say, well, I, I mean, I've lived in this life. I, I know, I, I have experiences, and I have history and I you know seen how things work and you know I've got enough of a worldly knowledge to understand how the world works and God asked me to do this well that doesn't make sense it just seems counterintuitive when Jesus says in scripture but don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to take care of itself and it's you know it's really easy to quote that to somebody else until it's a problem that you've got you know you got some real concerns you know, somebody's got to worry about this. Somebody's got to do something about that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Well, somebody better worry about tomorrow because if nobody worries about tomorrow, then what's going to happen? Or the scripture says, well, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't trust your own understanding. Well, that, that, may, be, that may be all well and good, but if I don't lean on my own understanding, then sometimes my bills aren't going to get paid. They're going to cut off my power. If I, don't, if I don't trust, what you're asking me to do, just sometimes it feels unreasonable. It feels stupid. I want to trust in you. I usually may say that to God. I want to trust in you, but you've got you to gotta give me a little something here. You know, I can't see you. I can't always feel you. I don't always know if, okay, is this what you're telling me to do? Is that what, I, I don't know what to do. What do, we, what do we do in those moments? Let me give you a powerful prayer. If you were going to write something down or maybe remember something. Let me give you just a powerful statement that you can use when you know God is asking you to do something that doesn't make sense. Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand. You don't have to have all the information. You don't have to, the evidence doesn't always have to be all in for you to, for you to take faithful steps of obedience. You know, one of the things that really gets underestimated, really does... I, I can remember uh, years ago, you know, you, you'd, go to a, you'd go to a conference or maybe you hear whatever, you go to a concert or, and somebody give a testimony of, 
you know, how their life was changed and God has done all these amazing things for them and in them. And you just see, it's like, wow, that's just almost feels like fireworks. Like, whoa, that's so amazing and impressive. And I would look at my own life and I would say, you know, I just don't see anything that maybe I don't have a testimony. I don't have anything really awesome to share. And one of the things that I've learned, and, and I hope you really know this, is that you can never underestimate the power of a faithful life. Just small, steady, faithful steps of obedience. You have no idea the power that's there. We don't have to understand everything. We don't have to know God. We don't have to have the mind of God in order to be obedient to what he's telling us to do, when he's telling us to do it. This is a prayer that God will answer. Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand you. This doesn't make sense. When you ask him for strength, he promises to give it to you. And here's what you're going to discover. As you begin to ask for strength, as you're trusting him more and more, you will learn that you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You don't have to. You You just have enough trust. You just have enough faith. And you don't have to know the end of the story to turn the first page of a story and be obedient to, to what God has asked you to do. I think when we, we think of trusting God, we think of just like the big things. Like, does God want me to have a new career change? Or does he want me to move to some big city, new, new place? Or does he, you know, is he, what, what's this big, huge, massive, you know, firework in the sky kind of thing that God's asking me to do? And, you know, maybe that happens once or twice in a lifetime. Maybe there is something really massive that's just totally crazy But I'm convinced that every day God asks us to do things, and they seem small. They might seem insignificant, but they're faithful steps of obedience that lead to a powerful impact for the kingdom of God. Our faith and trust in God, it starts by trusting Him in the smallest ways. And those small things lead to big results, big blessings. Don't ever underestimate the power of a faithful life. Trust is hard. Here's the rest of that verse. In verse 5, you know, Jesus said, again, he said to Simon, hey, go out to the deeper water. Let's get those nets again. Go out and, and, uh, and go at it again. In verse 5, Simon says, Master, we, we worked hard all night. Uh, we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. I, I love the honesty of that. Simon Peter said, we, we tried this hasn't worked, this makes no sense, but if you say so, Lord, if, if you say this is what we should do, then I'll let down the nets again. There's going to be moments in your life like that. If you haven't already had that, you're going to have it. There are going to be moments where, you know, like this, this verse, why is this in the Bible? Why do we have this? Why, why did this interaction happen? I'm convinced it happened because God wants us to understand this is how it works in our life all the time. This is the way God works in in your life and my life. It's when we're at the end of what we think we can do. I've tried it. I've tried this before. It didn't work. I did this. I did that. None of these things panned out for me. And then he says, well, try it again. And he does something extraordinary. In order for you to experience what God has in store, you've got to let go of what you're holding on to. And for many of us... One of the big hang-ups that we have is money. It really, truly is. That is number one. There's a reason why, there's a reason why 25%, at least 25% of Jesus' teaching was related to money. Not necessarily giving, but just money in general. He said, hey, listen, you can't have two masters. You cannot serve the Lord. You cannot love the Lord with all your heart and love your stuff. 
It just doesn't work. Something's going to take first place. I mean, he just continued to drive that theme home and said, you've got to have a proper perspective here. And that's what, that's what keeps us up at night, isn't it? It's always connected to our stuff, our finances, the little kingdoms that we build around ourselves. And, and today, I, I really wanted to just focus on trust because if we... If we love our stuff, if we love our money, it kills our connection with the Lord. It, it kills it. A lot of us, I'm convinced, when a lot of people that say, I don't understand, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling God right now. I hear that occasionally. I just don't feel God, or I feel so far from God, or I just don't know. That, it just seems like God's not doing anything in my life, and I don't know. It's, what's going on? What's going on with, with God and me and whatever? I, I think absolutely nine times out of ten... There's a problem with you and your money. That's where the problem lies. You've fallen in love with things. You've lost your first love. And what we're going to discover is, is God's going to invite us into, into trust. And, and this is how, I think when we approach our re, relationship with God, a lot of times we think of it almost in like human relationships. Like, you know, when you, you, you know, build a friendship or you, you, know, you marry somebody or whatever. It's kind of like, well, you, you know, you bring things into the relationship and this person brings things into the relationship and you try to find a way to forge ahead together and it's all about, you know, you, you're holding up your end of the bargain and I'm holding up my end of the bargain and that's how this all works. And, and I think we think that's how it works with God. It's not. That's not how our relationship with the Lord looks at all. He brings it all. We, we come empty-handed. And he says, I want you to trust me. I, I really want, I want to invite you into just leaning on me and letting me guide your steps. And it's hard, but he's, he's, he's asking us to walk with him. And we'll discover that these big miracles, they often follow simple acts of obedience. And we see this in our, in our story. Jesus said in, in this story, he said, hey, put down the nets. Put the nets down again. And Simon says, well, we'll trust you. That's what it says. He says, if you say so, Lord, if you say, if I'm, that's what you want us to do, well, give it a shot. Verse 6 says, this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Kind of an amazing thing that happened. You've got to let go of what you're holding on to if you're going to receive what God wants you to have. You have to let go. If your hands are, if you've already got a, a you know, death grip on these things that you think you have to have, God, God can't give you what he wants you to have. This is a second powerful prayer that we can pray is, Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. Help me lay it down. And some of us, we've got a lot of nets in our lives that we need to be laying down. We need to let down some things and we need to lay down some other things. I love that Simon trusted Jesus. They catch so many fish, they... They can't even pull them all in one boat. It says in verse 8, when he realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. He said, oh, Lord, please leave me. You ever had a moment like that? Where God showed up for you in such a way that you, it's like, you know, there's, there's some moments where you just stand in awe. Like, wow, God is, he is there and he's watching. And I think there's some moments where you just realize, oh, my gosh, I'm like Simon says, I'm such a sinful man. I don't deserve any of this. He says he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. 
as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. That's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. I don't know if you caught that there. As soon as they landed, they got back. They left it all. The catch of fish. I mean, the miraculous thing. They left it all. The nets. That's their source of their livelihood. They left it all. The boats. That was a huge investment. May have been passed down from their fathers. Who knows? I mean, it's a, 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 big, a big deal. They left it all. And they followed Jesus. The, the very things that, that represented provision represented security when it comes to our nets when it comes to the things that what, what are those things for us that provide safety your understanding your your hope your bucket list and when it comes to your nets the first thing that you do is you let them down when he invites you to and God says I want you to trust me and then at some point you lay them down it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let my nets down. Let's see what you provide for me. And another point to say, I'm, I'm ready to leave this behind because it's all about following you now. I'm trusting you. I'll let go of my plans. It's not easy to do either, by the way, to let go of your own plans, your own dreams, the things that you wanted in your life, the biggest faith steps you're ever going to take. I mean, there's, there's big stuff there. We, we've been really blessed to see. I, it's, been, it's been a really interesting thing that's happening around us. Uh, this year to see so many people taking their first step with Jesus. A lot of people think that when, you know, when they give their life, I accept Christ, and man, I'm, I'm baptized, they think that that's it. Like that's the end of a, of a journey. It's not. That's the first. That's the very first step. And we've seen a lot of first steps uh, this, this year. There have been 50, 52 people now that have uh, laid down control of their life and accepted Jesus as their Savior this year. There will be two more in second service. There's a lot of land down. <clears throat> it's a lot of laying down, but it's, it's more than that. We, we've watched people that have been growing in their walk with God, and they're sacrificing, really give up, you know, give up time, give up money, give up their gifts to, for the cause of Jesus. They say, I, I want God to be glorified, that's it. And man, it's, I can't tell you what a blessing it is to be part of a church where we don't just say that we care about people. And we don't just say that, oh, we really want to see God lifted up. We really mean that. And we're really willing to do what we need to do in order to see that happen. And we're trusting God together. That's, that's, that's awesome. I, I know some people I, I'm speaking to right now, some of you, you've had a really hard season. It's been a hard year. It's been a really hard few years. I was thinking this, this week about some of the, the great things that have happened. We were, we were blessed this year to welcome another congregation to be part of, to be part of our church. Uh, they were, it was a, a church called Renewed Christian Fellowship. That it, it, was just, it was just so awesome to be able to, to see now not, they're not only our brothers and sisters in Christ, they're our friends too. Uh, we were really, it was really cool to to start our deaf ministry. That's been an honor to meet so many people in our community that how God's using that to make a real difference in the lives of our hearing impaired friends and neighbors and our student ministries doing great things. Our small groups have been thriving. 
but, but I was also thinking about those that we've had to say goodbye to. And I think that this, this has been the weirdest year for me. Because you've got so many great things. And yet, this has been one of the hardest. Uh, I think this year has been the hardest in my 10 years here. Uh, so many of the people that we have known and loved, and God has called them home. And, and that's like, you know, it's, you always expect, you know, it's going to happen one of these days. And, okay, you, you see somebody that you really love and they pass away. But when it's one after another, after another, after another, and then the struggles, people's marriages who I thought, man, they're rock steady. And to see them fall apart or to see, you know, kids, oh, these are great kids. They're raising the church. They know the Lord. And to see them just go totally, totally off. And, I mean, just kind of like prodigal son kind of stuff. Just like, what is happening the challenges that we've faced in our in our homes and and in our in our lives in our families it's it's hard to trust God sometimes especially when life doesn't make sense those are the hardest moments and when you're tired and you're confused maybe you're even a little bit bitter but I guess I just I pray that we could be the type of people who that we could be like Simon Peter in this moment he says, my, when he says, Lord, I mean, I almost feel him rubbing his forehead <laughs> saying, Lord, my experience has shown that this is not going to work. Everything I know about fishing, every day I get out here and I hustle and I, and I go after this stuff. And I'm telling you, everything I have ever experienced in my life I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed again. I'm afraid I'm not going to have the strength. I, I don't know that this is going to work out for me. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. You almost hear the exhaustion in his voice. If you really want me to, because I trust you, because I love you, I'm going to take this small faithful step of obedience even though I don't think it's going to work out and I will let the nets down again some of us in here today we need to not just let down our nets we need to lay down our nets we need to trust we need to have that level because you don't always have the power to control but you do always have the power to surrender you can't always say I'm going to be faithful I want to show you the words from Psalm 20 verse 7 these are the words of David when he said this I hope you feel this down in your bones maybe you find yourself in the middle of this verse David said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. If you're going to update that for the 21st century, you, know, you, you probably would use some different words. Some of us have put all of our hope and our trust in our jobs. You know, it's been working out okay, and the, they let me work from home, and I've really enjoyed that, but now they're calling me back to the office, and nah, I don't know about that. Or you know, some have put our trust in our, our, our bank accounts, our health, our plans. You know, we've been for decades thinking this is the way that life is going to go, and then it's not. And we've, Some people will put their trust in all those things and those things that have failed us. But if we as the people of God will put all of our trust in the strong name of Jesus, he'll never fail us. He promises to never let you down. He won't abandon. And I know that that's easier said than done. Maybe you feel like you're on the edge. Maybe you feel like you're ready to give up. I just want you to think for a moment. and Answer the question. In this, in this story with the fish in Luke 5, 
we just looked at. When does the miracle take place? <laughs> when, when was it that these fishermen, who had given up hope, when did they see the miraculous provision of the goodness of God? And the answer is, it was at the end of a very frustrating day. That's when God moved. It wasn't at the beginning. It wasn't when in the middle of it. It wasn't when, boy, I sure hope God would show up. But, you know, it wasn't that they shot up a prayer you know, at, at noon and said, well, we haven't caught anything yet. Hopefully, you, maybe we'll have a better second half of the day. It was at the end. That's where the miracle took place. And if you're about to find yourself in a, in a place where you're about to give up, if you're about to surrender uh, the dream that God's laid on your heart, you feel like he's not answering your prayer. Maybe it's your marriage. You feel like this is not working. You've been fighting for it, but your spouse doesn't seem to care. You feel like, I don't want to hang on for a moment longer. could be your dream of, of uh, getting out of debt. You say, I, I'm trying to be faithful in, in that. I'm trying to be disciplined in that. And uh, maybe it's healing one of your children. Maybe it's healing, uh, healing that you need in your own life. If God maybe is hearing the cries of your, your heart to, to provide for somebody in need, you say, I want to serve, but I don't know where the opportunity is. If you find yourself about to, to give up hope, remember, when did this miracle take place? It was at the end, right when they were about ready to go home. That's when God showed up. So if you find yourself there and in the middle of frustration, just want to remind you, it's not over. It's not over. If you're, if you're, our, our God is still good. He's still here. He's in control. If you're not dead, you're not done. He still has a plan. He's still working something out in your life. He has more for you, and he's faithful, and he hears your prayers, and in due time, he's going to move. He's going to respond. We just have to trust. That's our role. Just trust and pray for you. Lord, thank you for this, uh, for this passage that we just are, it's challenged, we're, we're challenged, but help us, Lord, to just remember that you've got us. We're, we're in the palm of your hands, and you're not going to let us fall. You are the shepherd that goes after the one lost sheep, and some of us in here, we're the lost one right now. You're chasing us, and we don't even know that you're behind us. We're just running, and we feel like we're alone. We don't feel your presence, but Lord, I... Would you remind us and maybe help us to look back over our shoulders, see that you're right there? Some of us, we feel like we just, you know, we, we just question if you're, even, if you're even here, if you're even watching. Would you remind us that you haven't moved? Maybe we've got a little, we've still just got a little bit of, of problem. We've still got this trouble of following faithfully. Help us, help us to be steady. Help us to trust you even in the small things. Lord, all, some of us, we've just gotten kind of numb because we've been walking with you for so long. We've forgotten uh, what the alternative is. We've forgotten how good it is to be walking with the Lord. So, Lord, would you just encourage us today and remind us that we need you every moment. Help us not to take that for granted. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, we got the fall fun day after service, so don't, don't forget that.